for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. What's up, guys? It's Tuesday, January 29th, 2013. This is episode 69 of Attack of the Androids. My name's Matt Lee. Every week, attackoftheandroids.com slash live. That's our site. Check it out. Eric Lag Finkenbeiner. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, over. Sounds good, over. And we also got Shane Brady. What's up, Shane? Over. Hey, guys. I'll just make this quick sound drop off. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, we'll should be getting joined by uh, at least Seth, maybe a couple more people as the show goes on. But right now it's just us three. So uh, I guess the thing we should start talking about first. This is this is a pretty awesome article over on uh, Read Right Web, and it kind of uh, referenced the article we talked about. I forget if it was last episode or if it was the episode before that. Uh, by Sam Biddle over on Gizmodo, I think, about uh, Android's popular because it's cheap, not because it's good. So uh, Dan Lyons on Read Right Web wrote this whole piece about why Americans hate, why do they hate Android and love Apple? Uh, Eric, you brought this up uh, in 10 seconds when you hear me ask you. Do you want to give us your thoughts? Over. I don't even have to wait 10 seconds. Over. Nice. I I just think this is a very this is a very well written uh article. Um if you read the comments, I think some people have legitimate, you know, criticisms of it um because you know at the same time that it's it's saying that uh Apple fans use you know that they they quote ghettoize people that use Android. Um it does put I think some Apple fans in the same box that they that they all think the same way and that they're all just dumb sheep, etc. Um, that aside, uh, it, I just thought it was a really, really good look at, um, you know, a really good take as to what, you know, some Americans might be thinking when they automatically, you know, have that gut reaction of Apple is better and Android is crap, which I think a lot of us have heard um, you know, over the past couple of years. Well, and he, he references the, you guys remember when the Instagram first came out for Android, all of the iOS Instagram users were like, Oh cool. Instagram's going to be full of pictures of the ghetto or something like that. Like just kind of denoting that people that use Android are poor waste of space or whatever, or live in the projects or I, I don't know, which I mean, some of us are, some of us are totally poor and, but that's not why we use Android. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like there's more choices. I, I were you Did talking? Somebody just turn the page. What? What? Did you hear that? That that little like that sound? No, you're totally. The... No, that was you. That's weird. That was your okay, phone being tapped over. <laughs> um. So when you were talking about the comments and and stuff, what I noticed a lot was. That he, you make the comparison of one iPhone in one screen size to like 20 different Android phones of all these different screen sizes. So obviously, 
you're going to have a better choice when there's more choice. But it, it also, that, that was kind of Apple's thing, wasn't it? Like, that's not, that was their business model, was to do one device and, you know, here, take it or leave it. Over. Well, I think uh, I think Dan Lyons, to one of your comments, Eric, was talking to the MG Sieglers and the John Grubers of the world as the influencers who, who kind of peddle that um, class warfare aspect of, of the Apple device. Um, and so, uh, I, you know, this, this article echoed a ton. I've said it a bunch of times on the show before the uh, class, uh, classist attitudes of a lot of Apple fanboys, maybe not necessarily Apple users, you know, and creating a, um, you know, Apple's are expensive uh, luxury products that not everybody should really aspire to get. And um, I think the world is better off that we have Android and not Apple. And I think it's, it's really terrible the way, um, a lot of Apple press have perpetuated the idea of, um, you know, Android is for poor people who don't, or the other ones don't know any better. If you guys remember last fall, uh, Siegler and Joshua Topolsky got into it over the same kind of argument. Um, how is know, that even just, a legitimate? How is that even a legitimate argument, though? Isn't iOS supposed to be the one for your parents, like the the one that's so easy to use? Anybody. Uh, it's some it's less choices like here's what you get it's closed like it's it's, i I don't understand that that particular argument i know there's tons of them tons of different arguments out there but that that one in particular seems silly because you know well no so the the iphone for your grandmother is now because it's safe right um but the apple fanboys still want to imagine that it's you know the absolute perfection that anybody could ever achieve in a handset or that you know the the operating system is brilliant because it's so simple so but can't um, can't they feel that way without automatically assuming that anything on the other side that isn't this is ghetto trash you think so but evidently not and do you um, think though that maybe it's not even the phone that those kinds of people would have that thought regardless of the kind of phone they use they just the iPhone tends to gravitate towards that particular type of person, but it's not the device that makes them like that. Those people were like that long before cell phones were around. You right, know? right. They were obnoxious beforehand. Exactly. And then they found each other on the internet and, and it right. amplifies because they look inside a bubble. And there's another thing that we don't always talk about and they keep, uh, you know, um, well, and- Android's popular, but it's not making any money. Um, as if there's no benefit to, you know, a half a billion people having Android phones, but maybe they can't afford to buy as many apps as the obnoxious uh, iPhone user in New York City does. Um, you know, you hear that you hear that a lot from Apple fanboys too uh, in the, the the tech blogs. I mean, there it's all about money, price, well, and you know, um, and oftentimes a vicarious existence to the success of Apple, which I find a little sad. He did make that point, right? That like, what, what does this have to do? Do the poor people sales not count as much as the rich person sales? Like you're still, in fact, they don't. 
Really, though? Because you're still, regardless, you're getting locked into a two-year contract. So from the carrier point of view, you're just, you, you guys are the same. It's the only thing you're, you're different is, is the, in the eyes of the person that has that shiny iPhone. Right. So when you hear Apple proponents on the web say, but Apple's has, has all the app profit, has all the profit or is making all the developer money, that is, in fact, saying the poor people don't matter. Because, um, you know, we should look, we should, I mean, I've made this argument in the show before that a lot of the stuff you can do on an Android phone that people do is free anyway. You know, Facebook, uh, email, calendar, that type of stuff. Um, the basics. Right, they they in effect say that those sales and those people don't count because they're not buying apps. Therefore, Android's not really winning. I, I don't and know. Just, I don't buy. Ridiculous. I don't buy that argument. I mean, like, take me and my brother for instance. He has an iPhone. I have an Android device. I've paid for more apps than he has because he jailbroke his stuff and just downloads all his apps for free anyway. So even though I'm rooted and running custom ROMs, I'm still purchasing apps that I enjoy using to help support the developer. And I think the openness of Android harbors that type of thinking. And so more people, if they like something, they're going to support it. Because well, otherwise, you're not going to get good out. apps. If you don't support developers, you're not going to get well, good apps. Well, I don't... Apps. The idea that people on Android don't, don't uh, pay for apps is an old idea, too. Because we... This was like a few months ago. We looked at... Um, it, was a, it was a report on app developers. I think it was from the company App Annie, where they were looking at, you know... They were trying to examine uh, the not only the purchase of apps but in-app purchases. And if I remember right, I mean there wasn't – it wasn't like one-to-one. I think iPhone was still making more money for developers. But the gap had been narrowed so much to the point that, um, that you know, the, the conclusion that I think most people would draw is that developers would be looking at it a lot more closely as a – um, you know, as a platform to launch on either simultaneously or uh, or ahead of iOS in the future, just given the sheer amount of people that use it. Well, I... I Over. I, but one, whether or not their argument is true or not, whether or not people on Android don't buy apps, that's the argument they make. That, and, uh, and they talk about the profits being... So I agree, but either way... The, Question: You shouldn't you shouldn't judge the success or worth of a platform um, as a good overall societal good just simply based on the profit the, the the profit numbers. Android has put a smartphone into the hands of people who couldn't afford to buy an Apple product, and that's that's an important good thing. Well, and, and to go in developing countries to to go one step above and, that, they've put a computer in the hands of people who might not normally have had a computer. Just just a computer overall, you know. Some of those third world right, countries, right. their first internet connection was that smartphone. Their first computer yeah. was that smartphone. Over. You know, a lot of these people, especially when you don't have um, a reliable power source or internet the thing connection, that is reliable is the smartphone. Or internet, true. True. You know, if the if the very first internet infrastructure being built um, is probably going to be, if it's if it's a really developing country, it's probably going to be the cell phone infrastructure because they want to get communications up as quickly as possible. Well, and so, think of it this way: over LTE, you can serve LAN, you can serve home and mobile with with that much bandwidth. You know, my LTE is just as fast as my cable is here at home, and. If if I could just have the one, like I would totally do it. 
any other thoughts on this or should we move on you want to talk oh, about the god this lag just hurts i know i'm trying to account for it and i'll fix it in the podcast i promise over <laughs> thank you over it'll be like you're right here over all right uh let's let's move on i guess we'll talk about i feel like i'm right there you all are right. right here over in eight seconds uh, this on Tector, this article, uh, I saw it first through a demand progress. I subscribed to that. So I get the, the emails they send out. And this was, uh, one of them. Uh, I posted in the community, the full email, which was kind of, uh, disconcerting. Uh, it says, don't let Verizon kill free Wi-Fi." You know, demand progress is always good for the, those gripping headlines. I was like, what? Verizon's killing free Wi-Fi? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, and what I found from it was a, an article. Now what is on, demand progress? Uh, that was the company. I don't think Aaron Schwartz started it, but he had a lot to do with like the backend infrastructure. And it's like a, an activist thing. They were responsible for taking, helping, you know, get SOPA, PIPA, COICA, all those bills uh, out of, uh, out of, I don't know what you would call it. Just getting them out, <laughs> out of our way. Um, it's like an infrastructure just, to just send out emails and get, let people know, spread the word. It's a tech activist type thing. Over. Gotcha. Okay. So, gotcha, gotcha. uh, Tector, over. De- Tector has an article, uh, says details of various six strikes plans revealed, uh, and that may create serious problems for Wi-Fi. Uh, and they, they say like Time Warner Cable They've said that it will direct users to a landing page, effectively interrupting your ability to surf the web without it being super annoying. And this is talking about if you're caught doing things on the internet that the ISPs deem to be seedy, talking about torrents, uh, anything like that that they don't want you doing, you get strikes. And apparently when you get six of them, what what is it? Do you get completely kicked off the internet? Like... I know France was trying to do something like that with a three-strike rule or something, saying you just get kicked off the internet, like, straight up. And so a lot of them are redirecting you to, like, educational materials. Like, uh, AT&T had planned to block access to frequently visited websites, while the fourth strike they gave you uh, starts redirecting you to educational material, which would just be so annoying, right? Like, I know what I'm doing. I mean, maybe you don't if you're getting caught by your ISP. Maybe you need to learn a little bit. I doubt their educational material is going to school you on that, though. Uh, And so it says the latest that came out is the discovery of the details of Verizon's plan, which will involve reducing speeds of the connection to a slow poke speed of 256 kbps. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) The article here says, I don't know if you've tried surfing the web at 256 lately, but it's It's ridiculously frustrating. I think I took a picture of a billboard around here. It was an old billboard that said it was like this race car and it said blazing speeds of 256. (laughs) It's like, nice. We used to have 256, but anyway, that could you imagine getting throttled to that? Like if you're on LTE and you're you're at 30 megabits down to 256 kilobits, per se, like that sucks. Sucks. Over. Are you just trying to hurt my feelings at this point? Are you on 256 <laughs> or 128? Hold on. Over. I'm on. I'm on 512. Though it feels like 256. Over. That 512. I I don't believe that. Over. I would say 566. Over. Either. <laughs> All right. So uh, it says the program oh, uses shh, the program uses a series of alerts to let you know that your account is being used for possible copyright infringement. 
The first and second alerts are delivered by email and automatic voicemail to the telephone number that they have on file. Uh, they notify you that one more, one or more copyright owners have reported that they believe your account has been involved in possible copyright infringement activity. Uh, they provide a link to information on how to check to see if file sharing software is operating on your computer and how to remove it and tell you where to find information on obtaining content legally. Third and fourth alerts redirect your browser to a special web page where you can review and acknowledge receiving the alerts. Did you get this alert? Yes, I did. Uh, the... They then provide a short video about copyright law and the consequences of copyright infringement. Shane, real quick, can you, uh, can you tell us the consequences of copyright infringement? Uh, no, I don't do that. Are there any? Are there any? Yeah, you can, you can get huge fines. No, but it, oh well, I was I was looking at like they were gonna show you like starving artists with their Learjets, like being all like, "This is what your copyright infringement is doing to the to the artists that create the content," or something like that. But never mind. Uh, they require you to click on an acknowledgement button before you are able to freely browse the internet. Clicking the acknowledgement button does not require you to admit that you or anyone else actually engaged in any infringing activity, only that you have received the alert. So you just have to click this button before you can browse to your Gmail or whatever. Not, not fessing to the crime, but just saying, yeah, I got the alert, thank you. Uh, the fifth and sixth alerts redirect your browser to a special web page where you will be given several options. You can agree to immediate, temporary, two- or three-day reduction in the speed of your internet access service to 256K, uh, agree to the same temporary speed reduction, but delay it for a period of 14 days, so don't, don't F me for two weeks, okay? Uh, and then, or you can ask for a review of the validity of your alerts by the American Arbitration Association, the AAA. There's a $35 review fee that you will get back if you win for subscribers who meet certain need-based eligibility criteria. The review fee will be waived by the AAA. So that's, that's Verizon's thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, how is it going to be in? Forced. I mean, what are they looking at when you go to like torrentfreak.com? I mean, I don't under. No, well, Torrent Freak says they, they've been doing a, a great job sussing out the details of how the various ISPs are going to implement the Six Strikes plan. Uh, they were the one, Torrent Freak is a site that reports like news on, on this sort of stuff. They were the ones that came out and said that they found AT&T's plan was to block access uh, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, but to what, to what websites? I mean, yeah, exactly. The websites are the easiest. They're so easily replicated. I mean, I just, I just don't know why a company. I mean, maybe they're being strong on by the MPAA or RIA. Are you a shill? No, I'm just saying. I don't know if they're, they're you know, whatever. I'm not going to defend them, but I mean, I don't know why they. It seems like an awful lot of work for no upside. For for kicking people off of the internet, I mean. They say as the as the yeah, strikes. I mean, you go ahead. I was say having six strikes and all this, you know, mediation and God knows what. The only reason the ISP cares is because they're afraid of getting sued. It's the only thing I can think of. Because it, it, it you know, why would they care otherwise? Well, it, and it, 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 
what it says is that all of these problems or all of these programs seem focused on driving people to educational content about copyright infringement. It will be quite fascinating to see what kind of educational content is provided, right? That that's pretty interesting. Like, are they giving you ads to their stuff or like, what are they giving you? What are they educating you? And they, in the article, they mentioned the YouTube uh, thing where you have to go to copyright school And that it's ridiculously one-sided and perpetuates myths about copyright and suggests that fair use is too complex for you to even bother trying to understand. Like, really? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what the educational is. I just think, I think the IFP, they're just wading into a quagmire of bureaucracy, bureaucracy and false positives and bad press. I mean, it's just going to be a nightmare. It's going to definitely be a nightmare, but what we don't have any other choice. Eric, what do you, what do you think about this? I, I mean, I think that just from what I'm reading, it doesn't look like they're cutting us off necessarily. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. It is dropping it down to a really, really low speed. And it does kind of seem like a racket that you have to pay like a $35 review fee. If you, if you reach the fifth or sixth alerts um but i i don't i don't know i think this could be this could be pretty bad um to uh to what we were talking about before the show like if if you have a free wi-fi access point if you're a small coffee shop or something this could really start eating into your business if every like couple of days you're getting knocked down to 256 kilobits per second well, and what, because, what, one, know, what one of the comments yeah. says is, in other words, for Verizon customers, and this is saying if you have a residential or a business account, this doesn't matter, four to five accusations, whether true or false, and poof, no more viable internet connection. Like, is See, that, and that's, yeah, that's okay. ridiculous. It because is. there's, I mean, it, I think it should, what would make sense is if, if you had, you know, four or five actual, you know, like if if it had to go to this American Arbitration Association, and if they ruled against you, you know, five or six times, then I could see them having a leg to stand on. But just just saying, oh, four or five times somebody said that they thought that you did something bad, just seems like BS. Right. And from the Demand Progress article, it says Verizon has confirmed that six strikes plan will apply to businesses, not just personal accounts. That means the cafe down the street may end up with essentially unusable Wi-Fi, even if even one customer abuses the system or doesn't abuse the system, is accused of abusing. Uh, and they say, and can even terminate their accounts entirely. Uh, they say a free and open internet is one of the most important tools a democracy can have. And as long as ISPs like Verizon plan to battle copyright, important uh, infringement by slowing down or eliminating businesses' internet access, that tool will be in jeopardy. Over. I... I don't know. Like, I think I missed a lot of the conversation because I was trying to hunt down rogue, <laughs> rogue devices using the internet during the podcast. Um, but I mean, what is, what was, what did you think, Shane? Like, in regards to, because um, I know you're you're very like you you seem to be very anti um, piracy. Matt seems to allegedly be, you know, maybe not pro piracy, but not necessarily against it. So, but it sounds like on both sides you think that it's it's sort of a like a, not a good thing that they're implementing these towards sorts of alerts. So I ask me, I am personally, I, I do not pirate personally and I do not, but I do not look down upon those who do. Um, basically that's just how, how it's, it's just how, where I've come to on the moral issue, but they're going about it the wrong way. And I think, <clears throat> 
I think anytime you you you're every time you spend money and time and legislation to criminalize uh, behavior, um, I'm never in favor of that. And that this isn't quite criminalizing it, but um, it's a severe disruption. It's like if you use too much power to your house, and so they give you rolling blackouts every so often. I mean, the internet. So that what's the right way then? I think. Um, well, no, I think it's heavy-handed. I don't think you should be. I, I you know. I think this is, um, you know, the MPAA and the RIA, they got that DMCA and a bunch of other legislation passed, and um, basically who gets screwed are people who can't afford to be screwed. Um, let me get back to the, the class warfare issue a little bit, but, um, you know, most of the people who've been, who haven't made examples of for copyright are people who can never in a million years pay off uh, the fine. So... I don't. I don't think this is the right approach. I think the groups like the MPA and RIA are just hold trying to hold on to their their old their old way of doing business, and um, I think it's. I just think it's terrible. I, I don't. I, I think ISPs should be. They should be fighting back more and protecting their customers. Their customers are not, um, you know, the 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 record labels or the movie studios, uh, and there are just so many better ways that they could go about to reduce piracy and also make money that this is just uh, such a waste of time and effort. Um, do you get, you guys know what, just a quick example. Do you guys know what Netflix uh, direct connect is? Do you guys know what that is? Huh? Right, so what they do is Netflix puts like a Netflix cash in the ISP. So, um, Matt, who do you use? Who do you use for your uh, internet connectivity? Uh, Bresnan. Bresnan, that's your internet company. Yeah. Okay. Well, if Bresnan was on to Direct Connect, there would be a uh, Netflix caching server somewhere near town, right on the pipe. Right. So it's like a CDN, right? Versus... It's like a CDN that they have, right? In a hyper local CDN, right? Right. You know, wouldn't people be more likely to, I mean, you know, to just, if they had more access to, like, really, would, it, would people pirate as much if every movie in the planet was on Netflix and you had to pay eight bucks a month? I mean, wouldn't people just just stream it and that'd be the end of it? Because eight bucks, I, the amount of time it would take to download and hunt and find, you know, what you could possibly watch in a, in a month is you know is a lot a lot more than the eight bucks it costs you. So that's where these companies should be focusing on making things easier to access. Same with things like Spotify, you know, where the eight bucks a month to get all the music you want. That's where these companies should be going, not hamstringing your connection and prosecuting you know mothers and all sorts of stuff. Well, we've talked Over. about it before, even the, the faster these internet connections get, the more bandwidth we're going to end up using. So the, you have to, it can't continue being the way it has been because it's, it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't work for the users. Maybe it works for some of them, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, are you guys, well, Eric, you probably, data caps probably don't matter for you, but um, we have a data cap of 250 gigs if you're a residential. Well, I was worried about, going over that. So I I had to pay an extra 10 bucks a month to be a business class customer. Now, since I actually use this connection for my job, it kind of makes sense to have maybe a little extra level of uh, 
uh, service level agreement at Better SLA since that's so important to me. Um, but I routinely go over that now, 260 to 300 gigs of, of uh, it's all streaming video a month. And um, obviously Centrally has the bandwidth, so um, uh, I think I think you're right. We're going to keep using one more bandwidth. they got to do something different. And I think making it free, making it local, it's not free, making it cheap, making it local, um, that will go a long way. I wouldn't necessarily say that I don't have I don't have to worry about data caps. I just have to worry about data caps in a different way. Um, I don't have a data cap on my connection currently, but if you were to look at the, I guess like the the contract that I signed when I got internet service, um, it has data caps written in there. It's it, you know and it's and it's exor- you know it's extravagant like exorbitant whatever ex word you want to use how much they want to charge for you know. Um, bandwidth uh, over, I think like one or two gigs a month. So I mean, it's 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 data caps. It's just scaled down data caps. And what's sad is that we're even seeing that in uh, we're even seeing that in markets where um, you know they haven't had internet for a long time. It's kind of depressing for me to look and see like, holy crap, they want to implement a data cap on me, and I and. You know, it's not like it's not like it's a like an entrenched, been around since the beginning of the internet type company like a lot of the places, a lot of the companies we have in the states. So, and it, as the as we start getting into more streaming video and stuff, I think that these data caps are going to start being being more of a problem even outside of the United States. But that's all because these companies don't work together. The Netflix problem solves that. Because all the bandwidth is internal. All they'll use bandwidth is internal to the local network. So ISPs are just being stupid. And I hope now, I, of course, I live near, not in effect, I live near Google Fiber. Um, and if it becomes a big hit in Kansas City, and it was pretty popular. I, don't, I was in a room when it got announced, and the entire office was cheering when it was announced. Um, ISPs are going to have to do a lot of drastic changes because Google's going to show, it, show you how it can be done. But Google's um, different because Google Google likes being like Google doesn't mind being that transport mechanism. These ISPs don't they don't want that. A lot of them are even cable companies too. So a lot of these folks are still in the same mindset of um, you know they don't want the Netflix coming in maybe and putting uh, you know putting a, a caching server on their network. They they want to sell you a cable uh, cable package that gives you the content that you. You know that you want, and they want to sell you the DVR that you know lets you watch it whenever you want, and the on-demand. Like it's, they're completely different, you know, in regards to their motives. Right, but these municipalities still, or sorry, these companies still need cooperation with the municipalities. And if people complain to their city and state about their ISP, you know, things can change. I mean, the only reason why Google's it, uh, was able to do it is because they had to get permission from the from the cities, Kansas City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri, and all the other cities they're now uh, branching out to. Um, and the city was excited. The city can make things happen. Uh, there's actually another place, um, a podcast network based out of near San Francisco. Uh, there's another company out there called Sonic that's running fiber to the premise as well. So it can be done. But you're probably not going to see it from Time Warner or the cable comp or the the phone companies. But um, 
the there is there are things that can be done, and it's going to have to change because uh, the way we're doing business now just doesn't make any sense for. I don't think it makes any sense for the, the ISPs either, but you know that's their that's their bet. Well, and to kind of move on, you guys saw probably uh, it was, this kind of came out last week after the show, but the whole uh, fuss over the cell phone unlocking becoming illegal. And I think, like, at first, some people were confused, maybe, that, like, they're like, what, we can't root our phones? Like, I, and I don't think uh, it has anything to do with that, necessarily, but it's more unlocking to be on different carriers, right? Yeah, it had, it had, it had nothing to do with uh, the rooting and all that. Even that, I think, is, I think unlocking a phone is ridiculous anyway. No, so maybe if they pay for the phone and you go into, I, I, I don't know. It's, it seems, it seems like a, it seems like another place where we're criminalizing something that could be taken care of with just common sense. You unlock your phone to go to a competing carrier, and they subsidize the phone, then you pay for the phone. That's a simple solution. Well, and it it even says in the article, uh, Jerry Hildebrand writing on Android Central that you can call up most carriers and they'll just unlock it for you if you give them a reason. And he lists a few of the reasons. You know, you're moving or you're going somewhere where you want to use a different SIM or you know anything like that. And he says, as long as your account is in good standing, it's gonna they'll probably do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard of that before. I've never had to do it, or maybe my device has been unlocked the last few years. Maybe that's why I've had to do it. But um, uh, I just don't know why there has to be a, there a law about this. You know, like why is he? I mean, I know it just irritates me. The libertarian to me gets irritated when they make laws that do no other purpose but to restrict people's freedom and make criminals out of them for no good reason. And it's becoming well, rampant in the technology industry. Here's what I don't understand, though. So, and Matt, if because I, I, I honestly have not spent a lot of time reading into this. Um, so maybe, maybe these are moot points. So if if I buy a phone from AT and T, um, and I, you know, I I buy it, and then a month later I unlock it and go to T-Mobile. If I unlock it through like a third party site, or um, if I unlock it through like some sort of software hack. I am breaking my AT&T contract, in which case I'll have to pay the, you know, whatever that, that fee is since they subsidize the phone. If I stick with AT&T for my, for my two-year contract and leave, do they have to unlock it for me after that period of time, like after the contract has ended? Or are they not even under the same, you know, under the same, like, uh, uh, what the, you know? This law is telling us that we have to abide to our contracts. Are they are they bound to the same law, or do they not have to unlock it for us after the contract is ended? It says it. It doesn't really specify. I don't think it's just. It, they just said that you can have it unlocked if if you ask them, but certain certain carriers don't unlock it anyway. So, well, and that's what is that's that what, what you're doesn't make sense to me. If we if you buy the phone, like if you if you either pay the fee to get it to get out of your contract or your contract is over why why aren't there why aren't there laws forcing the carriers to unlock the phones that we have you know rightfully bought instead we get this crap which just confuses consumers and makes them think that unlocked phones are somehow illegal or you know that you know to your point that oh maybe if i root my phone i'm breaking the law 
like it it seems like we're we're making laws about things that we shouldn't be making laws about or we're not making the right laws right it's kind of unnecessary <clears throat> i don't know it this, i just rem- I remember when we talked about this uh when it was first announced and i didn't understand it then well and I still it only, don't fully it, understand it now like what what would constitute me breaking the law in this sense it only applies and, if you bought your phone after this kicked in anyway. So anything up to that point, and you're fine. And when when did it kick in? What was the date? I thought it was just like a week ago. Oh, January, January 26th. 26th. So just like six days ago, five days ago, four days ago. What's today? Three days ago. Three days ago. Two days ago. I was getting there. Over? Okay. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh, Geek Dad Ann Arbor in the chat says, the problem I have is that these content owners are immoral. Going back to what we were talking about before. Uh, I try to stop my daughter from BitTorrenting content because it's stealing, but then Fox copies Jonathan Colton without credit. Huh? Interesting point. Oh, yeah. If you guys don't know uh, what he's talking about, Jonathan Colton, uh, he, he, I don't know, maybe you can better explain this. I just know he had a song that he redid, a Sir Mix-a-Lot song, and then Glee redid Jonathan Colton's version or used his version or something. Is that what it was? Right. He yes. used his arrangement and their accusations that maybe they sampled. Um, I don't know. Um, it's not the same thing because for one thing, Jonathan Colton didn't write the song to begin with. Um, and the idea of the song was clearly someone else. So I, I don't know how much moral high ground he had to complain about somebody then taking his arrangement and redoing it. It would have been nice that he would have gotten credit and Fox, that would have been the nice thing to do, but it wasn't immoral for them to use a, a, an arrangement. Well, but hold on now, because I, now I am not a copyright lawyer, but it, it really, when we say arrangement, we're talking about his melody, um, the, the modified lyrics, which are owned by Sir Mix-a-Lot and that he paid for the right to use. Um, so, so basically, like he wrote, he wrote the melody. He did the a new tempo. It's a completely different version of the song. Does he not have any rights to that song that he, you know, ar- like that arrangement, if you will? Or well, does it all I, fall under? Oh, Sir Mix a Lot wrote it initially, so it doesn't matter. I don't think you can copyright an arrangement, and not to mention, I can't believe that Fox isn't already paying fees. To those organizations uh, already, um, you know, there's ASCAP fees and all that type of stuff. So I can't believe they're not already covered. It's just that they, they didn't give him direct yeah. credit. Like, I don't, and I don't. Way, think no, that no he, one's he probably get... doesn't have a legal, you know, like to stand on. But it, it is sort of a. I, I think we can all agree it's a dick move, and it's oh, yeah, probably yeah. not. That's a terrible maybe show. Can you say it's not ethical? I haven't ever watched the show, so I can't vouch for what Shane's saying. K Dog, have you ever seen Glee? She says her sister used to watch it. My sister it, so. used to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just That's... happened to be there when it was on. Right. I, I just happened to be sitting next to her watching it with her 23 times. It's fine. Um, well, for, for one thing, I mean, again, I, I don't think it's immoral. The, the, like, no one's going to go to Jonathan Colton directly and, and ask for permission to take his problem. Well, and what it's a bit of a dick move. Geek Dad Ann Arbor in the chat says they took his arrangement, didn't even mention him, and when he contacted them, they said he should appreciate the exposure. That's kind of a dick move, I think. But... No, no, it was a dick move. And you know what? It was great exposure. 
Oh, for sure. And CNN well, picked now- it up. I mean, it was it first I first heard about it on on a tech podcast, but then we started seeing it get out to tech blogs and then it got out to the mainstream media because it got enough attention. Yeah, I mean, Over. I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't feel, I just hard to, if you don't write the song, and I know you said he changed the melody and all that, but I don't know. Um, you can't get too outraged. So, hold on. Should, should Sir Mix-a-Lot be upset about this, if anybody? No, because he did get exposure. Everybody knows who they did that song, right? So he, he got legitimate exposure. No, it was look, Jonathan. They kind of screwed Jonathan Colton, but you know he he can't act that indignant if when he didn't, wasn't his idea to begin with. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. So, 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 so Jimi Hendrix couldn't get pissed is, if somebody if somebody ripped off all along the Watchtower. So hold on, his version because hold on. he didn't write it. Bob Dylan did. So Queen can't get pissed at Vanilla Ice. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> hold on. No, that they uh, what did. There was no one got pissed over that. I thought they so did. Johnny C's in trouble, didn't they? Just you. No, the record company. No, 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 the record companies knew that they were going to have to pay a fee. They they worked it out, and that was the end of it. There really wasn't much wrangling behind the scenes. It was handled. Jane, just admit that you hate Jonathan Colton. Just admit it. I don't know any of the songs. That you're a big, you're a gleek, and that you hate good music. No, no I. I don't like people getting indignant over modifying other people's ideas as if they were their own. Oh, God, here we go. Was he doing that, though? In this particular song, I mean, I know he's not a cover artist. I know he has plenty of original stuff. Sure. No, but it would be like Vanilla Ice getting indignant over somebody covering Ice Ice Baby and using the same bass. Well, right, I'm I'm not saying that happened, but I'm saying didn't, like, weren't people... I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. But they would. But they would say that they. But they would put something that says this is Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Maybe they didn't say anything. They didn't give him any exposure whatsoever this was until Queen he made a big deal about pressure. it on his blog. Yeah, who knows? I love you, Jonathan. All right, and also, uh, move, let's let's just quickly mention this and possibly pour out a little liquor or Mountain Dew, whatever the the geeks may be drinking for the Galaxy Nexus LTE. No longer available from Verizon. My the phone I love with every waking breath. The Galaxy Nexus on Verizon. Uh, they're not. It's going away. Just over a year after being released. It's actually a pretty good, pretty good run. It, a year? I feel For like you can still go in there and get the Droid Three. I don't know. Is is that? <laughs> no, I think it's a good run, and it is. It is a damn good phone. But then I it, I kind of miss my I I see my wife walking around with with my old Nex <laughs> and it makes me long for it. It looks at you the with its is great. But, it, it looks at you with its rear facing camera and screams, "Help me!" As I see it hugging her leg, it makes me want it to hug mine. Oh, so what's curve. Verizon? Do, do they have anything that's cool like this that they're replacing it with? Do they not have any more Nexus devices now? Not that this was a real one. They have the S3, uh, which is a good phone. It's not the a Nexus S3, device, though. And they won't get the, the Nexus DNA. 4, obviously, because it's not an LTE device. Uh, yeah. They might get the, the X CDMA. phone, though, the Motorola one. They were always a big uh, Motorola carrier, so maybe they'll get that when uh, it gets announced at I.O. this year in May. I, I think the Droid DNA is their flagship phone now, isn't it? 
Is it? I I, I thought it was supposed to be. It has but a silly I name. Any buzz about it really? Well, it's, I mean, they're all pretty good sellers, so it's hard to say. I don't. Now I'm definitely yeah, not getting rid of it or trading to to for one to hold on to the Galaxy Nexus because one day you'll be able to sell it on eBay for billions of dollars, and for two, we don't want to lose the uh, unlimited plan. Yeah, so I can't upgrade in like a Nexus ROM ability. I don't know. So I can't upgrade anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hey, I think Seth's online. Should we? Uh, let's see if Seth can come hang out with. Yeah, us. I'm, I'm starting to lose my voice. It's from all that yelling. You're so much anger. So much anger. Oh, Seth, how you doing, man? Anyway. He's forgot. He's forgot his mic settings. All right, and then uh, speaking of the Nexus Four, it is available again. Uh, I checked it right before the show. Uh, if you quickly right now go to Google Play you, and you're in U.S. and Germany, you may be able to get one. Uh, 299, 8 gig, 349, 16 gig. What's the shipping time on that? One to two weeks, Eric. That is not bad. Let me check it right now, because that was like two hours ago, and yeah, one to two weeks. Not bad. It's a good phone. He just walked into a T-Mobile store two weeks ago and just bought one. I kind of want one now, I'm not going to lie. kind of want the Nexus I would would be very uh, strongly considering it if, if they had desk docs for them. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, because if they don't, you can make one yourself. Uh, this guy over on Thingiverse.com, he uh, he says, I got tired of waiting for Google to release their dock for the Nexus 4. So you know what? I made my own in Blender. For If you have a 3D printer, you can just print your own Nexus 4 dock. How awesome is that? It doesn't have the wireless charging, but I'm sure you can uh, figure that out. He made two Does versions. Does it have pogo pins? No, probably not. Could you put Damn that it. in somehow? Like if you could you just tell you the, know what you're doing. Tell the program like I need these pogo pins in here and I need some wireless charging and it'll just do it. I've never used Blender, yeah. so I don't know. I don't think it'd be that easy. Seth, how are you doing, man? You. Hey guys, good to be here. Good to have you. Seth. <laughs> oh man, I don't even know what where to start. We talked about all sorts of stuff. What do you That's think cool. of the, the Wait, next... who is this? It's Seth. Remember Seth? Seth? Hey, Eric. <laughs> oh, Seth. Seth. Yeah, now I remember. Sorry, it's been so long. The hair. You remember the hair. My, uh, I, had, I had an unexpected uh, event tonight that my wife just told me about like two hours ago. So sorry for being late. Oh, well, that's fun. It's all right. So what we, what we talked about? Any, anything I need to opine on? The Nexus 4? Did you read the... Well, did you read the article that we put in the community about... Why people hate Android and love Apple to death? Yeah, yeah. I think I actually think that was a, I think that was a probably a pretty good article actually. But I'm saying that from someone who I I skimmed it. I didn't read it closely. But saying from someone who uh, is not an Apple fan and loves Android, uh, this is the same sort of critique I'm making against people all the time. The power of propaganda, which is what, I, in my opinion, See, what's going on with this Apple stuff. That as is, we all jump on the bandwagon. <clears throat> yeah, and that I mean, here, here's the deal. I mean, I don't know how to say this, but like, I look around the classes I teach, and everyone is, I mean, they don't have that many laptops, but if they do have a laptop, it's definitely an Apple laptop. And if you don't have an Apple laptop, that means it means you're on cool or something wrong with you, or like, what's wrong with you? You don't have something Apple, right? And so, and it also, Apple is sort of this company that it doesn't just create users, it creates rabid users. So people are like, they, they only do Apple from then on. They'll never they won't do anything else, and they're going to tell you why, how good Apple is, and how bad PCs suck. Because is... they used to get viruses, and now their computer runs so much better, it's fast. And I was like, it's called an SSD. 
You know I mean, like it's not called Apple; it's called an SSD. Buy a Windows laptop with an SSD in it, you're going to get the same performance of laptop. You know, and people just assume like Apple has this sort of like cult around it, where if anything is good, it's Apple. Good customer service, quick startup, any of this stuff, virus, antivirus. What started that though? Like, where did that come from? Wasn't that well, because, all in their marketing? Isn't that their fault for making no, them so rabid? No, I mean, here, here's my opinion on this. I don't really talk about Apple all that long, but and I'd be curious what the rest of you think. Um, it seems to me there's two reasons. One is, I mean, particularly like Windows, when you had like Windows ME, do you guys remember that? That was like the worst operating system Windows ever. ME. Oh, I do remember I that. I blocked like, that out. <laughs> it, was, it was like the worst operating experience I've ever had in my life. And that's also when Apple was sort of rising. You know what I mean? And it seems like at times like that, it was 100% true that Windows was a piece of crap compared to, you know, Apple and things like that. And... um. Or at least maybe Apple just beginning to rise then, you know what I mean, as, as sort of the, one of the consumer brands. But, so I think there probably is some truth to how it started, but then Apple sold themselves as the premium, high quality, um, high profit margin for them. Well, they didn't sell themselves that, but that's what it is, right? And uh, c- computer that you just pay a lot of money for, but then you get a good product for and so people have just now bought into that because they sold themselves to that so long. Apple just bought into that, that you get what you pay for. Um, and so I think that's probably where this has come from, through their advertising, through their high prices. The other thing I think is people, once people spend that much money on a computer, they have to like it because if they don't, then why do they spend three times the amount of money they could have to buy a Windows laptop for? Um, so I think there's some of that too, right? Buyer's commitment. Once you buy something for $1,200, you have to like it, and you have to like it a lot better than your Windows program or your Windows PC. Otherwise, you just bought something. And here's the other thing. The only thing that actually sets Apple apart, in my opinion, is the name brand and a little bit of the style, right? And so people have to say, make up reasons why they're paying so much more money because of, um, to say, oh, I bought it because I like the name brand, I don't want to look stupid in my classes, or to say it because I like the style of it, doesn't really seem to justify spending three times the amount of money on it. But that's my opinion on that, why Apple rose so fast. Hey, Seth, can I ask you a question about the classes you were teaching? Yeah. Um, do you notice, can you tell me any difference in socioeconomic status with your students? Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, you know, actually, honestly, they don't, there aren't that many. Uh, in my classes right now, students don't bring laptops because most of my school out doesn't, they ban them. They ban laptops in classes because um, they're actually more distracting than helpful, which I think is probably right. Uh, but I still allow them. Uh, I can't make any comments on the socioeconomic stats at the top of my head, other than that it does seem to me that there is there is definitely a socioeconomic. It seems to me like there is a socioeconomic correlation, but I, I can't say any hard facts like that. So, okay, is your school in the ghetto? Yeah, it does seem to me like the rich upper class white kids seem to have more Apple than other kids don't. You know what I mean? That's just my. But I have no hard in fact. I have no hard statistics for that. How big are your classes? Thirty-three. Interesting. Uh, anyways, that's my that's my little rant on Apple and and I think so. I think that's why this article is interesting because I think it sort of says the same thing I was saying there a little bit in that people like Apple because it's hip. I don't know. That's my opinion. Is is it more hip than like a Samsung right now? Because they almost definitely, seem... particularly in, particularly in America, which is what this article says. Well, yeah, right, right. Uh, and I think that's, I mean, I think that's exactly right. Is that, you know, if you look at, 
I mean, if you, I mean, I don't know how to say this other than like the only people that actually like Apple better than, I don't know how to say it. that's not true. Um, the only thing that Apple offers right now over Android, like a, a nice Android phone, is it offers um, good integration, I guess, with music and music buying, right? So you can buy on iTunes movies and music easier than you can buy. Although maybe not easier, but um, yeah, probably easier. And, and a wider selection you can in the Play Store. Not my album. You got to get it straight up from the Play Store. That's it, and not then, on iTunes. And then, and then it offers simplicity, right? And part of the whole Apple ecosystem. So if you own if you own an iMac, then you should own an iPhone and an iPad, and it all sort of is sort of the same system. But really, the Apple's Apple's operating system, in my opinion, is like, I mean, it's like too, it's like so old looking. It's just these icons on a grid. There's nothing interesting about it. There's no customizability. Uh, iTunes seems to be like way way old, uh, and and. You tell people that, and they're also like, "Yeah, yeah, but it's it's Apple. It's the coolest thing ever, man." And I was like, "No, it's not. iTunes sucks right now. Like, it's old and it's looks old. It has terrible style." It's always sucked though on a, on Windows, at least. I mean, I can't speak for how I can't speak for how it works on a Mac, which I'm sure it works much better as yeah, Google stuff works. Google stuff works better in Chrome. It seems like maybe that's just my yeah. my mind, but. It, it seems like iTunes has always sucked in on the PC, and that that was always one of the big gripes about it. And that you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, iOS is old and and silly looking right now, in my opinion. Uh, I think Mac OSs, you know, the regular Mac OS, actually looks pretty good and modern. I, I don't think there's. I think that they've done a good job keeping with that. But Apple needs to do some major revamping to iOS soon, uh, in my opinion. It's simple, but it's it's it looks terrible. Yeah, uh, um, I forgot your name already. Seth. Seth. Yeah, sorry, Seth. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you joined us more often, this wouldn't know, happen. Sorry, Just call him Sam. <laughs> I think the idea, the idea that it's easier to buy music than iOS, I don't think it's true anymore um, because I think the Play Store, being that's a web browser and not a clunky piece of crap. Yeah. Google Music um, made that iTunes. whole thing much better, for sure. Okay, but let's say let's say TVs and music. I mean, TVs and TV shows and movies, right? I do think it's easier to buy that on the iTunes, don't you? So it's maybe easier to buy iTunes via the Apple TV, but mm-hmm. since on every other platform you have to go through the application known as iTunes, yeah, um, I don't think it works as well. And that you know, it's just that there's so much legacy crap in iTunes. It's a terrible yeah. name, first of all, right? iTunes. Yeah. You buy TV shows, apps, and books, and newspapers right. and iTunes. Right. Um, so, but they do have a lot of they do have a lot of um, momentum in that space where people yeah. go to iTunes. But you know, like yesterday, a couple weeks last week, I had to buy a couple tracks from Izzy Stradlin, and they're only available on iTunes because you know that's where right. you go. But luckily, right. you download it and it gets pushed back up to Google Music for me. Well, so I was trying to you know I was trying to recommend someone a tablet you know to watch movies on you know that's TV and that's like their main interest. And I mean, honestly, like it's hard to recommend the Google OS in some ways because if you're an iOS and you have an and you have an Apple TV, the system works so nicely. You know, it's on your TV, it's on your phone, it's on your tablet. It all seems to sync well. Google is like, well, I've got the Play Store. I can I can play it on my tablet, but then it's sort of stuck in the tablet in its own little ecosystem. I don't know. It seems like it's just hard for me to recommend, and 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 I think also 
doesn't the Play Store the Play Store doesn't have nearly the sort of breadth of TV and movies, does it? That the iTunes has right now? Probably, probably not. They're they're pretty on par with music. But I don't think they are there with the TV shows yet. Yeah. But Amazon is pretty good with TV but see, shows. But Amazon is such a pain, and I hate it because they've been little, mm, little um, <laughs> Go mean it. people. Bastards. Yeah, of, uh, because <laughs> because they won't let the Prime Instant Video and stuff play with uh, with stock Android. You have to buy. You have to buy into the Kindle crap. That makes me so mad. You know, the only way I can watch, if I want to watch Amazon Prime Music videos on my TV, on my Nexus 7 is I have to download, you know, a, like third party, uh, the, the Adobe, what's what I'm looking for? Flash. Flash. I have to download the Flash, right? Because you can't get it from the Play Store. You have to download it through a third party. And then I have to download Firefox because Firefox is the only browser that will play the Flash stuff. And then I have to go to Amazon, you know, Amazon.com through my Firefox browser, and then try to, it's just such a, you know, whereas if you have a Kindle, it's like you flip open their, you know, their unlimited video app, and it's just like there, really easy. Anyways, I'm upset with Amazon about that. So maybe, maybe I've just been gone too long, but don't most people stream through Netflix, which is on both platforms? I mean, do, do a lot of people for go the stuff Amazon can, or iTunes? For the stuff you can find on Netflix, but remember that not everything uh, is up there. Yeah. Or anything recent isn't up there. True, except for Arrested Development no, when point. that starts. And I don't have Netflix. I, I know, I'm, I'm like living in the what? Stone Ages. I just got one just to, you know. Nerd. No, I got one so I could clear off my hard drive of some of these TV shows I've been archiving just in case I ever want to watch them again. <laughs> <laughs> I freed up like 30 gigs. It was well worth the eight bucks a month for sure. Uh. All right, well, you guys want to do some app picks and get out of here? Seth, do you have an app pick for us, or we'll let you go last I, and you can I find do. one? It just, it, oh. You know, I, I, hold on. Uh, Epic, it just dropped today or something recently. It was Unreal 3. It's been all over the news as I downloaded it. It's kind of fun. It was Unreal 3's sort of like test platform. It's called Epic Castle or Epic. Epic. Do you even know what I'm talking about? White Castle? No, no, no. It's called Epic something. I'm, gonna, I'm on the Play Store right now. Maybe you should come back to me in a second. Okay. Kirby's Epic Yarn. <laughs> Shane, you got an app pick for us? I, I do. Um, so uh, I mentioned earlier that I would buy a Nexus 4 to add docks. And one of the reasons I like the docks is because it turns things into alarm clocks or, or whatnot. Uh, and one thing, I prefer the docks that use pogo pins. Uh, and that quick puts your phone or tablet into landscape mode. For some reason, there are still apps out there that don't do landscape mode. And two of the biggest offenders right now are Spotify and the SiriusXM app. So I found this application suite. It's called Ultimate Rotation Control. And it's a little app. I think it's a couple bucks. And you can do per app uh, rotation settings. And so you can force uh, auto, it's called, your apps to rotate when they're in landscape mode. Even so Ingress? Of having... does, it, does it work with Ingress? Because that bugs me. Like uh, it won't rotate. Walking around you. the dock. I know. Um, well, I have it sitting in my car, you know, or my, in my truck. And it's, I have to like look at it like this sometimes. It's annoying. Silly first world uh, problems. Probably... I know. I know. Yeah. We've... <laughs> yeah. So, um, I find it really handy because in um, because there's no Spotify for Google TV. Um, I have my dock hooked into my stereo system, and now I can actually run Spotify 
and Sirius XM from the dock um, because now I can have them rotate and I have this idiotic, um, uh, you know, in portrait mode. And the funny thing is, Spotify clearly has been written to work in landscape mode. It's just not activated. Uh, you, you can tell. And it's so, not in any um, of the settings or anything? You can't... I don't I don't use the, Spotify, so I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a big complaint. I finally got fed up, and that's why I was looking around for something that would... Um, fix the problem for me. Um, and it, it's done a pretty good job. Um, so I've been pretty happy with it. haven't noticed any lag or anything like that in the background. So I would check it out. If you, if you have a dock and you know, you're in your car a lot and you have apps that don't work correctly, uh, check out ultimate rotation control. Nice. Eric, I know you probably got to get out of here soon. You want to go ahead and go next and, and get out? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my epic this week, which I was going to do last week when I was running away, uh, is Noom Weight Loss Coach. So as Matt, as Matt often does, he hurt my feelings this morning and uh, said that I probably eat more breakfast than he does, which, uh, which made me sad. So then I went out and I downloaded Noom Weight Loss. Um, it's, I'm kidding though. It's, it's this really good, uh, app it's not like counting calories like a lot of other programs um offer it it gives you like practical advice it has a pedometer in there so it's watching your it's watching your daily activity and then it'll if you want to you can you have the option of logging your meals and instead of you know saying oh you ate too many calories it categorizes things and says oh you should eat more of this type of food or you should Try to you know do exercise around this time because uh, because maybe you're not walking around as much. Um, so it's much more of a it's it's like having a person there that's that's talking to you and trying to help you um, help you uh, start good habits. I guess um, it is. Uh, there's a free version, um, but there's also like a paid version, which is um, I think it's like nineteen dollars a year or something like that. Uh, but that offers that just offers up like more more content. Um, Ant in the chat while you're getting your lag back says that just means Matt doesn't eat ramen for breakfast. Eric, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, that's that's true. <laughs> Thank you, Ant. So you found it helpful so far, Eric? Yeah, it's I I think it's been great. Um, it also sort of it gamifies it a little bit. Um, nice. the more, the more articles that you read, um, the more that you, uh, like log your meals, it, it gives you, you know, it's like XP. Right. Um, and then you can, you can gain these levels. So it, it sounds stupid, but that sort of feedback is actually really helpful. Does it um, show you an avatar getting all buff and like built? No, it doesn't. That'd be the like the like the Wii Fit <laughs> sort of thing, right? Which that was that was really depressing when I set up my my Wii character a few years ago, and I'm like, wow, he is plump. So I don't I don't know. I I I personally find it very helpful, and it and you know when I go to lunch uh, in the middle of the workday, um, it does make me think twice about you know maybe getting getting more vegetables or getting an apple or something like that to try to even out um, the types of food that I'm eating. So it's, it's pretty cool and it's worth it to me, the $19 a year, at least, uh, you know, I've been doing it for a couple of weeks. It, it's been worth it so far. Hmm. I've, um, I've been using that. There's a app called run zombies 
I don't know, something like that. 5K, I think. Um, same sort of deal, where it's like, it's, they try to gamify like running. So it's kind of fun. Nice. So was that I know everybody? that I'd get eaten first, so I don't. And Shane, you <laughs> you mentioned that that uh, Ingress does not play well with your uh, rotation app, huh? It does not. It seems to like restart. Is that weird that that? And I'll just go ahead and just throw it out there. That's my app pick has got to just be that game, Ingress, because that's all I've been playing for the last since I got my invite. Those of yeah. you, I saw a cool picture. It was like oh, this, that's that Google game. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I saw this picture. I posted it in our uh, community. It, it's it shows half and half, and it shows this monument, and it says what no, where it says what you see, and it says what agents see, and it's like the Ingress thing with a portal there. <laughs> it's so true. Like everywhere I go, I see portals now, and not lands land like monuments and and everything. But cool game. Are you liking it, Matt? Is it a fun game? Yeah, I'm loving it. It's the perfect game for someone who drives delivery. Like I've I've been listening to all my mm. friends complain about their their fuel costs going up from playing this game, and I'm like, wow, I don't mine mine haven't gone anywhere because I play while hmm. I'm at work. <laughs> Shh. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's pretty uh, intriguing, and I I usually don't play games like that, but this I don't know. I really like this game. It's fun. We have a little group, <laughs> so. But yeah, uh, it seemed like a trivial thing to make it work in landscape or in in landscape mode, right? Like I, I was wondering to myself why they didn't have that in there. I, I don't know, maybe some with the the way the portal because Google it's overlaid on Google Maps. Google Maps works obviously in in landscape mode, so I wonder if that'll be coming in a, a future update. Okay, so should I do my pick now? Yes, please. So it's called Epic Citadel. Oh, I was um, gonna. Okay, nice. Was this your pick? No, no, no. I saw that as I was putting in my pick, and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. That So this is an Unreal, it's basically an Unreal, ep, Unreal tournament, Unreal technology. Um, I think it's their three uh, graphic system. It's like a demo of this. And so it's not a game. It's not really all that exciting. What you do, it's like a benchmark tool. So you download it once, and you can walk around this castle. Or you can sort of play benchmark, and then it'll fly around the castle. And it's meant to benchmark your phone or your tablet or whatever. But also, sort of, it's kind of fun to sort of walk around this castle. It's just, it's just fun to see really cool graphics on a tablet. So I'm playing on my Nexus I'm not playing it. I'm sort of walking around on my Nexus 7. And it's fun just to sort of see a really high-def, really, I don't know, yeah, high-def graphics, I guess. A really higher than I was expecting, at least, on a tablet. So not a, it's not a game. It's just if you want to see sort of a fun world to walk around in that's sort of beautiful on your tablet or your phone. That's It's kind of fun to download. I mean, I would I would expect you to walk around for 10 minutes and then delete it, but it's kind of a fun 10 minutes. You know what's interesting is that I'm looking at the, like, compatible devices. It says that my old Droid 2 Global is compatible with this. My uh, Photon's compatible with this. I, I'm curious how good it could look on these old devices. Um, well, what I, what I had read is that it's sort of meant as a as a like a uh, exhibition or platform or something like that, so they can like, so developers can s- see how this will work on even older devices. And benchmark. Yeah, and I'm sure like when when my Droid Two explodes, they'll know exactly how it works. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, playing playing that game, I was uh, at a place in what was it? It was in Lakeside today, I believe, and uh, the the portal is in the post office parking lot, but. There's a part of the post office parking lot that's like off limits. Apparently, I didn't know this. 
and so I go back there, like I'm hacking this portal, thinking I'm I'm doing good, viva la resistance. And this guy like is looking at me all weird, like you're not supposed to be back here. And I'm like trying to explain to him, like, no, it's cool, it's a game. I'm 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 totally supposed to be back here and and all that. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure nobody's supposed to be back here. Do you work for the post office? I was like, no. He's like, yeah, this is, you're you're kind of trespassing. I mean, he was nice about it, but I was like, oh. You guys should tell them that so they can move the portal. It's like the portal. Never mind. I'm... How Matt, how does that game work? You just walk around and you like. Yeah, you basically you have a scanner and Ant Pruitt in the chat. He did a great write up about like the basics and and getting getting your first level and and all was that. Was that on but, a new domain or where was that? Uh, yes, I believe it was. Yeah. Okay. And uh, but yeah, basically I'm not gonna load it up on the tablet. But yeah, it's it's an overlay of Google Maps that's black with like mm-hmm. your little blue spot, and then you see the roads and everything, and you see these portals, and you physically have to go near them, and then you your scanner opens up and you can hack the portal and then you have to set resonators to power it up and blow up the enemy. And it's, you know, whichever team covers more of these portals and links them together and stuff like that. But it's, it's hard to sum it up. And at just the end of the show, we've, we've done, uh, we've talked about in, in length, I think last episode, but, and on yats, good deal though. All right. Well, Seth, was there anything else you wanted to bring up or I know we kind of got to go right when you get here. I feel bad. It's kind of a like, boring. It's kind of a boring time for Android, anyway, right now. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Right before, right before, um, I don't know. Right after CES, before Mobile World Congress, there's not much going on. Seems like to me. Yeah. Well, that should be exciting, and then Google I/O shortly after that should be also exciting. Rumors be- that they're going to maybe release the Nexus 7's successor, 1080p. They're talking about maybe. Yeah, and we were supposed to. We mentioned this earlier in the show, but that the uh, Google X Fund that they are supposed to be making in Motorola, so that should be announced. Also, it should be interesting to see what that brings to the table. Yeah, Geek I'm looking it. forward to the Nexus Seven um, successor, just because the Nexus Seven is is a great, great, great tablet. Um, I'm kind of scared that they're going to screw the second one up, but I hope they don't. Yeah, and Geek Dad Ann Arbor in the chat. It's Michael Olson in the chat. He says running a phone app, running a phone app that looks like it is out of Mission Impossible. Deploying things on fenced-off government property might not be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I think you should have responded as, "Yeah, I do deliveries." Yeah, what uh-huh. are you? Are what are you enlightened? <laughs> Get out of here! I'm resistance, you fool. You should buy a uh, U.S. Postal Worker uh, uniform. I know. I should have had one in my social engineering repertoire. I was not wearing it this day. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Viva la resistance. Viva la resistance. You're getting crushed. Except in certain spots up here. It's only uh, enlightenment. We're going to crush them, though, soon. So, all right. Seth, glad you could join us for the end of the show. Here, guys. You going to make it next week? Uh, No, next week is my one other two weeks I missed. Right, right. Okay. Shane, thank you. Eric, thank you. Welcome. Make sure you guys are subscribed in iTunes. Write us a review. We appreciate that. Funny enough, in iTunes. And watch the live shows. Attackoftheandroids.com. That's our site. You can leave a message for 6204-4687. Follow the Twitter, Facebook page. We have Google Plus community. Isn't it awesome, Eric? It's wonderful. It's so wonderful. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. Check us out tomorrow for Yats and Thursday for the Smartphone Photographer Hangout. Thanks for listening. And Matt? Yes, Eric? Don't forget. They need to email us at show at attackoftheandroids.com. They do e- need to email That's us. essential. Very essential.
but mostly just join the community. Join right. the community. Screw email. Screw Bye. email. Email is dead. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.